If I say xeriscaping, you might look at me with surprise. But behind this difficult-to-spell word, a more straightforward idea soon appears. And etymology can give us a clue. This word comes from the Greek xeros, meaning dry, and scape, as in landscape. It describes a style of gardening that uses as little water as possible. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. You might imagine cactuses and rocks, but dry gardens are much more than that. They can even be lush. So, in practical terms, what's behind the term xeriscaping? And how is this idea reinventing the world of tomorrow? I'm James. And I'm Amy. Together, let's decode the ideas that are shaping the future of sustainable construction. Constructing New Worlds by Saint-Gobain. Behind words, solutions, and innovations for a sustainable future. The term xeriscaping, or dry gardens, comes from the western United States. Following severe droughts at the beginning of the 1980s, the Denver Water Utility in Colorado encouraged its clients to use less water while watering their lawns. According to other sources, this practice might also be related to those of Japanese farmer Masanobu Fukuoka around the same period. He is known for his commitment to natural agriculture, which severely limits human interventions on crops. Oh, so what exactly does it consist of? The first critical step in xeriscaping is designing a landscape plan. There's no room for improvisation. What goes into the design is existing vegetation, slopes and terrain, sunny or shady areas, and so on. You'll also need to know about soil type. If it's very poor, you'll need to add compost to improve it, and especially plan on planting vegetation suited to that specific soil type. Okay, and the idea is not to use any water at all? Well, no. Actually, xeriscaping doesn't totally rule out irrigation, but it has to be reduced as much as possible and carried out efficiently. That means using rainwater collectors, watering generously but less often, and using slopes to naturally distribute the water downhill. You could also use drop-by-drop technology, which is highly targeted irrigation, or Oya watering pots made of microporous ceramics buried beside plants and filled with water which diffuse very gradually. Another principle is depositing mulch or dried leaves around the base of plants to maintain soil moisture at the surface. Okay, so are some plants better suited to xeriscaping than others? Totally. Some types need less water than others. For example, cactuses and succulents don't require much. But other plants can also be well-suited, like lavender or fig trees from the Mediterranean region, palm trees or climbing plant varieties. But above all, it's about choosing native plant species already naturally present in the surrounding area. That said, given climate warming, you also need to plan ahead and think about planting species better suited to the future climate. So are landscape designers and urban planners worldwide aware of this xeriscaping concept? Well, funny enough, more and more professionals are actually practicing it without knowing what it is. Many regions around the world are facing increasingly severe droughts, as you know. And don't forget that the main advantage of xeriscaping is decreasing the water used for yard care by 25 to even 75 percent. We're talking about landscape designs that sustainably conserve water resources. What do you mean, sustainably? Well, the chosen plants can grow without needing much maintenance. It's a big plus for urban parks in large cities, for example. And metropolitan areas know that planning park maintenance ahead of time 
allows them to develop green spaces that are both attractive and cheap to maintain. That's how xeriscaping is gaining in popularity. Oh, okay, I saw a European-supported program in Zaragoza, a highly arid region of Spain called Optimizagua. This project's approach combines traditional rainwater collection infrastructure with water regulation systems, depending on zone and terrain, and introduces intelligent solutions based on emerging technologies. This method has allowed irrigation systems to be adapted to the needs of every plant by irrigating only when weather conditions require it. Practically speaking, this has allowed two city parks, Oliver Park and Castillo Palomar Park, to reduce irrigation by 68%. And nearly 95% of the irrigation water used in the parks doesn't even come from the water supply network. This type of project could be duplicated or copied by being adapted to each local situation, whether for agricultural use or recreational green spaces. Another example from New Mexico in the U.S., is the city of Albuquerque, where they've also started water conservation projects to encourage water-smart irrigation methods. To reinvent the city, you also have to reinvent its yards and parks. And xeriscaping is one exciting avenue for adapting to climate change and saving water resources without giving up green spaces that are both attractive and sustainable. The key is working with what's already there, not recreating the same kind of yard everywhere, but choosing the best-suited plant species for each space. Yeah, that also means changing our frame of reference, though, especially when it comes to giving up grass and accepting nature that's a bit wilder, even in the city. Constructing New Worlds by Saint-Gobain. Behind words, solutions, and innovations for a sustainable future. 